<laughs> Thank you, Roger. No, you're, Roger, you're too kind. No, uh, for those, though, um, who, who might not uh, know me, my name is Jeff. I'm not Carlos, and um, I get to, to come in and fill the, the pulpit today for you guys, which is a privilege to do so. I love being at this church I don't say that lightly because it's true. My wife uh, was disappointed. She loves to come with me and to be here, but my youngest son has had like a 103 fever. He, everybody else in the family has been fine, but it's been going on for about 12 weeks for my littlest, so it's an ongoing thing for my little buddy. So you guys can be praying for my youngest son, Jameson, who's two, so we've just been going through some things with him. But the rest of us, Lord willing, we've been okay and been healthy uh, for the past 12 weeks, but... Uh, so they wish they could be here with you all, but they uh, send me instead. So, um, well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Um, so I, what, what sermon series are you in with Carlos right now? Where have you guys been? You've been in John. So we're staying in the New Testament, but we're jumping up just a little bit. All right. So we're, we're going to jump up just a little ahead to the book of James today. Um, my college students, I work at RU, uh, RUF as our denominational agency caring for our college students and uh, pulp supply for our churches, and um, they really wanted the book of James this year. So I said, all right, I'll do some studying, and we'll, we'll go through the book of James. And um, I didn't realize how timely some of the first verses in the book of James are going to be for what we've all been going through for really the past year, two, or even if we've had more trials and tribulations in our personal lives or in our family lives or in our work lives in the more recent present, because we're going to talk about the cost of wisdom today. And we're going to look at James chapter 1, verses 2 through 18 here in just a little bit. But I think you're going to see trials and tribulations come up a fair amount. Um, but then we're going to see that God is at work in and through that, right? Good things in our lives, they cost, Right? Marriage, wonderful gift, right? But costly because we're called to die to ourselves, right? To, to be there and self-sacrifice for the other, right? Um, not to mention the financial cost, right? Of, of rings, right? Expensive. Children, we love them, um, but they cost sleepless nights, right? When they're a little older, maybe some more emotional or financial costs, right? At different points in time. And so when they're younger, more physical, but they're worth it but they're valuable, but good things are costly things, right? They really are. Even when I work with leaders and leadership development programs with other RUF campus ministers, I tell them that some of our best leaders in our churches and our ministries are the ones who've been weathered through trials and tribulations, but they've developed resilience. They've seen God work in and through the chaos to bring order and beauty, not meaning it was easy, but that they weathered through and they saw that their faith became real, right? Rubber hitting the road and building traction. But anytime that happens, that builds up a little bit of heat, doesn't it? And so we're going to see some of that really in our passage. And I will tell you, wisdom is a beautiful thing, a wonderful thing, but it's not cheap. It doesn't come cheap to truly gain wisdom. Knowledge, you might be able to gain but knowledge applied and lived and experienced, right? Costly, a little bit more. When we think about uh, the Christian life, um, we sometimes think about a marathon, right? A race, that's run. Um, how many of y'all know, how long is a marathon? Anybody know? 
26 miles, right? 26.2. Uh, extensive amount of running. Difficult. I did not realize um, just how difficult. I've never run one. I've done a few 5Ks, but I've never done a marathon. And I was doing a little bit of reading because in the Bible, we see just life as a race and a journey. You see this imagery a lot, right? Um, and I do think life is not a sprint, but a marathon. And I wanted to research what I had heard of, but not really known too much about, called the wall. And the wall for long distance runners is a haunting thing. They often call it the boogeyman that pops up, even if you prepare for it. It's glycogen glycogen depletion and it's where your body has burned up more than like 2,000 calories right energy stored up for your muscles to keep going and it's the point where long distance runners just can't go any further um, and they get to really see how far their training has actually gotten them both mentally and physically and I say this because the context of the book of James is that the people of God have been going through the ringer they have been going through a marathon dealing with their government. The Roman Empire has not been treating them with gentleness and kindness and extensive amount of freedom. They're, we're talking about an environment and an audience in this passage that has been going through trials. They've been dispersed from their homes, actually. right? And so there is great turmoil. We think of our homes as a safe place right, where we can go and rest our heads. Well, this has been taken from many of the Christians in this community in the name of following this Jesus. So there's great turmoil, unrest, right? And this has been going through their life. And the reason why I was curious about this wall is because I can imagine they're going through probably emotional and a spiritual wall, the audience of our text in James. Difficulty, trials and tribulations that have come upon them. And so this is very much the, the context that we're in. This trial before a people, ongoing, difficult, strenuous, pulling you to the edge, which for many of us, Omicron and COVID and all the systematic impacts of that could be bringing to us, right, in different ways and straining and stretching us and our families, not amidst all the other trials, tribulations that we experience. And so I do think this is also timely for us. And uh, whether my students knew it or not, timely for them as well, because, um, this is what they're going to be getting, a whole whole semester of, of, of James, of what it is to grow in the Lord through trials and tribulations. Faith that works, right? And so if you have your Bibles, let's pull out James chapter 1. Let's look at verses 2 through 18. I'll read them, and if you'll read them silently with me, let's take a look at this. And the, ser- the title of the sermon is called The Cost of Wisdom. This is what verses 2 through 18 say. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. 
For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flowers fall, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived birth, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And before we go further, let's just ask the Lord to speak to us through his word that he might change us. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, as we go through a continuation of trials and tribulations, we are reminded, Lord, that even when we get close to hitting the wall, when we are tired and burned out with work, Lord, with emotional strife, with spiritual difficulties, in our prayer lives, our family lives, our children's lives, our work lives, or just our own personal satisfaction. Lord, that you are with us. Lord, give us energy and strength. Lord, give us patience. Give us endurance. Lord, not just to get through this season, but the seasons to come as well. Lord, give us an eternal perspective. Lord, that you are at work and that, Lord, you are making sense of our chaos. Lord, this is not something that has caught you off guard, but it has certainly caught us off guard, Lord, continually. Provide for us. Lord, we ask for wisdom beyond our years and our understanding that can only come from you and your word. Because, Lord, we need it to navigate, Lord, um, just the difficulties and trials and tribulations we experience. And we need an eternal perspective as we deal with, Lord, temporal trials and tribulations. So, Lord, grant us that wisdom, that wisdom that has not come easy, it's costly. So, Lord, that we can call our trials, Lord, and we may not be happy about them, but we can say that they have brought us deep joy and intimacy with you and with family and friends, and that, Lord, you are at work, even though it wasn't easy. Help us to be able to say that with conviction and with deep faith. Lord, we need your help. Increase our faith today. Pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, amen. So as we look at this, verses 2 and 4, we're going to see that this is an opportunity for endurance. You didn't know that you're going to get that opportunity no matter what, right? Especially with the virus and the difficulties and all the adaptations we've had to, to have. But we're having a chance to endure. Well, in our passage as well, we're being called to endure. That's really what we're being called to in the first couple of verses. Count it all joy. What joy? Trials of various kinds. So it means a whole assortment of different trials and tribulations that could come your way. Count it as joy. doesn't say happiness, but joy as opportunities, right? To gain wisdom. Count the various trials you might be facing 
as opportunities to gain wisdom. I know that sounds probably a little bit ludicrous because we're Americans here and we don't like pain, right? We have a pharmaceutical industry that's doing probably okay so that we don't experience right physical pain, right? We get that. We don't like pain in any way, shape, or form at all. Certainly, we don't like emotional pain as well. But we're being told suffering is a part. Trials are coming. Tribulations are coming. And we're being told to embrace them. God is at work in and through them. And that there can even be a reason to find joy, which as bleak as some of our situations could be, can be really difficult. And I can understand that as well too. He says, but know that these tests... That this testing of your faith, it produces what? What does the scripture say? This produces steadfastness, a weathering, a stability, a maturation right in us. And these tests, they're not simple, but they can bring endurance. They can, right, bring steadfastness, resilience. Only if we also seek our source, right, the Lord who's Emmanuel with us, right? We seek him. We also seek his people. But when I read this passage, I was thinking to myself, is James a masochist? Does he just enjoy pain and suffering? He's Jesus's brother, right? So I, I was like, well, I don't think that's the case. But how can he say these things? I think it's because he has more eternal perspective on life than I often do. And thank the Lord for us, the Holy Spirit is breathing through him as he's writing these letters. So he's not that, but I think he understands something we often forget in the midst of trials and tribulations is that God uses afflictions in his ways, which ways we don't always understand. His ways are not our ways. They're higher than our ways, the scriptures tell us. But he does tell us that these trials and tribulations, they will make us more complete and they will bring more maturation to us as well. And they are a part of his grand plan in our lives. It's not like these trials and tribulations that we experience have caught him off guard in any way, shape, or form. But the Lord is specifically sifting and allowing situations and circumstances to come our way for his grand purpose, which we don't always fully have a grasp of. He does. He has a picture of the grand puzzle, but we only see the puzzle pieces, right? And so he knows that these things aren't easy. These things are not fun. But what we know is that the Lord, as he brings us low, we have an opportunity to see something actually happen. God show himself high and mighty and good. Because when we actually realize what's true of us all along, that we're pretty incapable of, of doing much, we're able then to finally see accurately that God is very capable and we are very needy. So afflictions actually put us in a place to actually see what's really true. It's just costly to see the truth of our actual existence which were a needy people. But that's what afflictions do. They actually take away, right, the, the, the soul of bootstraps, right? The, I just do everything by myself, right? The American way, I can do everything. Trials, tribulations, they strip that from us, don't they? And it reveals what's truly there. First Peter verse, chapter one, verse seven says this, that these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire tests and it purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. 
count all trials in your life as joy because they are refining you. They are beautifying you and they can make you much wiser. It's not cheap. It's not easy, but it is God at work in a deep, deep way. The Christian who desires to grow in wisdom is going to wrestle with God and wrestle with circumstances and the brokenness of life. Like the process of gold goes, right? And when it is heated and you're refining it, the impurities, they start rising up. You accelerate that heat and we're going to make it more pure and beautiful, more valuable. But what's going to happen to all the impurities? They're going to rise and bubble to the top as it is right put in molting, molting hot right bins to accelerate that heat. The Lord grows us and makes us wiser through trials and tribulations. He does. And when he's going to continue to use us or mature us, he often will allow difficulties to come. Less of us and give us opportunities to have more of him. Fill us and for us to see him. Doesn't mean it's going to be happy, but it means a deep work of the spirit is going to happen or is happening. That there can be deep joy because God is at work in and through those trials. Dr. Legan Duncan, he's the president and chancellor of RTS, of our seminaries, and he says, and a wonderful quote, simplistically, it's in the afflictions of life that God grows us most in grace. Grace we receive, but it's in afflictions that God grows us the most in this grace. And it's grace, that's what good news, right? We get what we don't don't deserve. And that's true. But in verses 5 through 11, we see something else. We see wisdom also comes through this. And we need wisdom as we go through trials and tribulations. And the Lord delights to give us wisdom, especially when we ask and pray for it. Because we're going to need wisdom as we go through trials and tribulations to be reminded that God has not forgotten us or left us when they come. And so when it says, take joy in trials, we need to be able to do what the scriptures say to us in verses 5 through 11. And we need to ask for wisdom. The text says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But ask him in faith. You're going to need wisdom to see beyond your tears and pain that God is at work in deep, deep ways. Maybe that you don't want, I don't want for you or me or for others, but it's at work. God is sovereign and he's at work. But we need eternal wisdom to traffic through that and realize God's doing something. I don't, I don't maybe love the process because I live in a broken world, which ought not have been post-Genesis 3 life, but it is. That is our reality. But God is not asleep at the wheel. He's very much got both hands fully on the wheel, and he is taking us on a heavenward trajectory. But it doesn't mean that journey is easy. Was Jesus' journey easy? And we're called as Christ followers to follow after him. So do we think ours is going to be easy? Probably not, right? But ask the Holy Spirit to give us patience, endurance, steadfastness, wisdom, to be reminded that God came in physical form. He is a God who can empathize with us, who suffered immensely himself. We need these reminders. He's not a God that doesn't understand. He intimately understands and came to be with us. And what does in Matthew say? Even when he went and ascended into heaven, 
Who did he pour out on his people? The third member of the Trinity is Holy Spirit to still be with us and reside in us. So God has never left us, but we need to be reminded because, right? The Holy Spirit is invisible. The Spirit, we are a very tangible people living in a very tangible world. We need to be reminded of these things coming from a temporal perspective, coming from your Bible, which is coming from an eternal perspective, excuse me. And we need that. And often we ask, we go through these trials and tribulations, we ask the question, why? Why, God, why? I can appreciate that question. He might not tell you. You might not know until the other side of glory or if the Lord comes back in our time. But a good question you can ask is, Lord, how can you use me in this? Because I'm going to go through it anyway. Um, what are you doing and how can I grow into who you want me to be? How can I make an impact with the time, the talent and treasures that you've given me through these tribulations? Lord, and draw near to me in that. Those are, those are right dispositions. Not saying that it's easy. The book of Psalms has a litany of emotions, right? Uh, that, they, that they express. And that's right for us because we may not enjoy this. But as, even as Jesus suffered, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he say? Not my will be done, but whose? God's, right? The Father's. Do you think he was enjoying experiencing taking on like all of our secret sins or dark sins, our known sins, the sins we're going to commit, and the weight of that cumulatively and universally? You think that he enjoyed sweating blood? I don't think he did. Um, but he said, Lord, your will be done, not mine, because the Lord's will is eternal. It's good. It's better than ours. His ways are not always our ways. And so we need to ask the Lord, give us wisdom. Give us resilience, patience. Because the Lord is kind to remind us scripture passages, stories, provide people with one another for comfort and care, as well as God's word, the six, six books of the Bible, to remind you that God is at work and through the chaos. He has not forgotten us. The character of your heavenly father is that he gives his children good gifts. He also disciplines his children too. He does both. He disciplines nations. He does. Read the Old Testament. You see that often. But the Lord also answers prayers. The Lord is at work in ways we often can't fathom and, and, and multidimensional dynamics that we don't fully wrap our minds around because we're prisoners of our moment and our experiences and our education, right? And so God is outside of these things and beyond. And we have to realize that. Passages like this give us an opportunity for that. Matthew chapter 6 tells us that God's a good father and that he gives his children good gifts. He doesn't always say that they're easy gifts or cheap gifts, right? The greatest gift, salvation, wasn't cheap. So, but we can also see that God is at work in some different ways, right? The goal of trials, that the Lord is working in beautiful ways. We see this in verses 12 through 18. James says more. He says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. James could say this because also his brother is Jesus. He has seen this. He knows this, right? The Romans, they took pleasure in torturing Jesus, using their expertise on him. Jesus knew what was in store, but he was able to persevere by himself. No, 
but by the comfort of the Holy Spirit and by the love of his father, which he knew was always there. And what did he do? He gave himself up on the cross and said, it is finished, right? Chaos will have its end one day. And what do we look forward to? Jesus, we look at redemption on the cross spiritually, but guess what? Emotionally and physical, it's going to come too. What's the book of Revelation in chapter 21 tell us? That Jesus is coming back to do what? Make all things new. That there will be a day there's no more tears, no more sorrow. Right? Has that future been secured for you? It has. On the cross with Jesus Christ, it has been secured. Through the trials and tribulations, there is a better day coming right? And that's how you know we can have some of this joy because we are actually being beautified and refined, although incredibly painful many times. Jesus even went through this, right? Hebrews chapter 5 verse 8 9 says, although he, Jesus, was a son, he learned greater obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect through his trials, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. These trials refine us, and they point us deeper to the Lord because they strip away more of us. Not easy, costly. But if that happened in Jesus' life, and we follow in his footsteps, we can count that that'll probably happen to ours. Happens to me. This life truly is a marathon. The good news is, is there's an end, and we know the end is good. Jesus said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be where with me? In the pit of despair? Where'd he say? paradise, heaven. We have something to look forward to, that it's good, that it's true. No more tears, no more sorrow. All things are made new. But in the meantime, life is difficult. It is a marathon, but God is absolutely with us. And so our application is to ask for wisdom so that we can count our trials of various kinds as joy, that it can produce joy that in the trials, as we are stripped down, we see God as magnificent and big. That can create joy. To see God at work through chaos, making sense of it, that'll bring deep joy. It's not easy. It's costly. But let's ask for that and pray for that. Because as we go through these trials, we need eternal wisdom. God is with us. He loves us. He's for us. But he's also working in us because we're not finished products, right? That's the doctrine of sanctification. So let's ask for wisdom so we can be a people who are steadfast, who are resilient, and we can give grace and kindness to other people who are going through trials and tribulations of various kinds, and we can be steadfast, and we can share some of that faith with them as well and put it to work, right? Because that's what the book of James is about. Let's ask for wisdom and understanding the eternal perspective on our temporal situations so we can share that good news and be reminded of the good news as well, too. We need that, don't we? I think we do. Well, let's ask for it now, right? Let's put that application into practice. Pray with me, and I want you to personalize that prayer. I'm going to pray broadly, but I want you to personalize that. And so get real specific. Ask for the Lord to give you wisdom beyond your years for the situations that you're going through um, so that you can give that wisdom, godly sourced wisdom, to other people. Amen? And bless them. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, as we continue to grow weary um, and the different trials that come our lives, Lord, 
not even COVID related, but just the difficulty of life. Remind us that you love us, that you're with us, that there is a day coming when all things will be renewed. All things, our bodies, our emotions, our relationships, Lord, everything will be reconciled to you and it will be paradise. But until that time, Lord, help us to be resilient, mature people who seek you and your word regularly, who pray to you regularly, who ask for wisdom regularly because we need it. We need knowledge applied and experienced, Lord. We don't just need more knowledge. We need to live it and see its beauty and fruit. And only through your work, Lord, the power of your spirit and the power of your word, do we get to see that. And we need it. We need your power to work through us, Lord. We ask, give us an eternal perspective on the crazy circumstances that we find ourselves in and our families and our children and our, our co-workers. Lord, give us gentleness, patience, endurance, steadfastness. Remind us, Lord, that you can empathize with us and that, Lord, you have not forgotten us, but maybe you're working in us something deeper and harder than we anticipated so that, Lord, we, like you, can break through that difficult wall and continue to press forward towards you and towards others, bringing glory to your name. Lord, as we ask for specific pieces of wisdom, as we ask to be reminded that you love us, that you're with us, that you give eternal perspective, grant that, Lord, to their personal requests. Give it to them. Give them insight, self-awareness, and understanding. Recall scripture passages, Lord, stories, Lord, to strengthen their faith. And to share those stories, to share the stories of resilience in their life and also in the Bible with others, so that they may gift, Lord, the grace that they have received to others. Lord, we ask for your power. Lord, we ask for your prayer. We, Lord, ask for your gift that you would do this. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.